Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Real, back with another review, man. Yo, this is Mayans Monday. You know what time it is, man. It's that same time every week. This is Mayans MC, Season 2, Episode 5, The Review. And this one was interesting. Um, This episode exposes a lot of people, their true intentions, their character. This one showed a lot of people's flaws and weaknesses, right? And it, it builds a story for a lot of things that happened in this last season, uh, season four. So I'm going to break it down. I'm going to get into it. But this one was largely, holy shit, they got Adelita. Fuck that, we getting her, right? That was that was this episode. It was a mission, an all-hands-on mission, and it was uh, it was a game of wit, strategy and knowing when to strike right uh let's get right into it so i'm gonna give this episode a nine i give this i highly ranked this episode there wasn't much action i didn't need that but the action we did get was good the conversations is what took it for me this one i was like damn i was intrigued and it opened my eyes to a lot of things that that these characters later to develop into i was like oh this was the moment for instance, this episode probably marked the reason I didn't like Emily, the character, not the actress. So I was like, I saw a lot of things in Emily, this episode, that made me go, this is, this, this is why I don't like her. I couldn't really, you know, I knew I didn't like her. I thought she was a who cares character. But this one really showed what my disdain for Emily. So I'm going to start it off with Emily. So a lot of Emily Hive out there, which I don't know why you're a Emily Hive. I don't know why you'd be dying on that Emily Hill. I really like her. I love you. Well, here's a taste of reality for you. This is maybe I could sway you with this argument here. Uh, thing one, Emily versus Miguel versus Adelita. Emily in this one shows her insecurity. Right? She Miguel is pissed that Adelita's been taken. He's furious. He's like, oh fuck this Potter, man. God damn it, he took her. And she's pregnant. I don't know what's gonna happen. His genuine concern for Adelita's well being led to Emily's Are you in love with her? The way you talk about her, the the way I see you. And she tried to, what I didn't like is, she tried to do it as in a, she used the face of, you, it's okay. Let me know if you love her. Everything will still be fine. She gave him that face. Like, ma, chill. First off, we know that's a lie. It's not okay. This is not a safe place. Even if I did love Adelita, to tell you. So, a manipulative, insecurity spirit in Emily exposed in that line right there rewatch it with your own eyes look at her face it's okay just let me know ladies you know that wouldn't have been okay fellas i ain't gotta tell you, you know that wouldn't have been okay none of y'all are that dumb maybe some of you are that dumb i i see i i can see some of that dumb in some of you don't don't right so there i didn't like that part and then miguel goes on to say what love no what that, that where did that come from Right. And the reason she said that is because there's a lot in out of like if you're a secure person, 
if you know like your family, your husband is well loved on you, you are at a place in your life where you personally feel secure. Like Emily's whole wanting to be a part of the the business, not the cartel side, but the business. It's not because she's a bored housewife. It's because she wants respect of her husband. This oh, ladies are supposed to play the background. Nah, son. Um, I have my own thing. I want to be looked at the way you look at Adelita with the same admiration. This, oh, my wife is doing it. Meanwhile, Miguel gives her the, yeah, you can take care of it. That's fine. You should be able to handle it. And that's why she's always crying when she's trying to get done with business because every time she's unsuccessful, she has to use her husband. She has to come in and go grab him. He's like, oh, don't worry. I'll come take care of it. And she's like, no, wait, let me try again. So that that's not something that garners <laughs> the respect that Emily is looking for. And she can't see it. But she can see this thing that she thinks is love, which is sad. So Miguel is letting her know, no, I just admire her, her focus, her. I mean, this was once my enemy and now it's twisted into this respect. Now I, I see her singular, her passion, her singular focus, her dedication and her selflessness. I love that. I want that, which lets me know something about Miguel. He feels like this this cartel was a hand-me-down. So he tried, A, to go hard, super hard. I'm going to be the most ruthless. I'm going to show you I'm not my father. I could get these things done. And that's fine. You know, a lot of a lot of kids, when they come under, the, under a successful parent, it's a shadow marked over them, and it's a standard that they're held at. So they want to break that standard. There's that constant pressure to do that in a lot of situations. A lot of people buckle under that. But we see that Miguel doesn't just want to be feared. He admires the respect. Adelita is not a rich woman, yet she garners the respect of a wealthy person. People willing to die for her, uh, just crash out for her because she she is who she is. And Miguel would like that type of loyalty. He would like that type of respect where it's like, God, fucking love Miguel. He's a great leader. If he was broke, I'm going to hold him down. And that's something that any great leader would want. When it, when the shit hits the fan, is my troop going to stay there strong for me? Or is it just that they, you know, here for fear and a paycheck? Right? But his, his admiration for her is very understandable. And... It shows you your level of competition, right? Because when, when they're enemies, you got to you gotta understand. You're only as good as your opponent, as your greatest opponent, right? So that means like, for instance, like your haters, right? You're, you can only, the, the amount of hate you get from some a particular group of people, whoever's your best adversary, that's kind of where you at. On the on the on the on the the success pole, pole if you will. So, uh, ladies, for instance, right? Not trying to label women with numbers, but we're just gonna just for the example. Don't worry, I got one for the fellas too. So, ladies, imagine all the chicks that hate on you are like what guys would consider a four out of ten. Your greatest opponent is somebody that's a four out of ten. Right. She's often unemployed and doesn't care. And 
willing to, to, to whore herself out and she's hating on you. But that's about the top. Any woman that has any woman that's gainfully employed, McDonald's, but she's there 40 hours a week, paying her own bills, doing her own thing. If she is not concerned with you, that means either her level of security is really up there or if she's not hating on you, McDonald's lady, that means you're somewhere in between a full-time McDonald's employee and somebody who don't work at all. So that's kind of where you're at in the gap. You would like somebody, ladies, that's like, you would want Rihanna to be like, oh, my God, this woman here. How does she keep doing it? Because if you get a Rihanna to hate on you, then that means you're top shelf. Top of the top shelf. Right? That's what I'm saying. So, fellas, here you go. If your greatest opponent, if your greatest hater is a motherfucking, is is a dude who never can afford a full pack of cigarettes. He's often bumming or purchasing Lucy's. He's like, man, can I get three for a dollar on them cigarettes? If that's your biggest hater, brother. If a man employed 40 hours at TJ Maxx, a goddamn uh, uh, Target, is not concerned at you, looks at you like, yeah, whatever, keep it going. And he had <laughs> nothing, then that's your greatest opponent, you might want to level yourself up. Like, come on, bro. So, and that goes with the whole theory of this right here. That's where Miguel enemy, that's when your enemy of such a high level garners that type of respect because she is strong enough to be a cartel leader's op, number one op outside of Potter, right? So then that shows uh, Emily's insecurities right there. And also what I didn't like about Emily is how, when she saw Pop's truck last episode, she just is now she just wants to be nosy. She wants to be important. It's her need to be important to something because just being the wife and part of the business is just not enough for Emily. She doesn't feel secure in herself. She has to, she feels like she got to gather these pieces on people so that they are important to her, i.e., easy. Right? That's why I hate when she keeps coming around in Easy's life. Holding this, I used to have your baby, and this. She feels like she has something over Easy. She has something that is important, whether it be info, some old feelings, or whatever, to make sure she's relevant in somebody's life. So she goes digging through old photos, and she comes and she presses Pops. She pr- she she presses Felipe. For information, just I just want to know because I'm so concerned with uh with Adida, so we're just trying to figure this thing out. So I saw these pictures, and if uh, what does that make sense to anybody? First off, you're not concerned with Dita. You're nosy. If Dita died in that fire, you'd probably mourn her day or two, trying to console your husband. But you'd probably be up. You'd probably be happy. Like, oh, thank God that scorn of the earth evil is gone. Let's keep it a buck. So you come in here under the guise of Will Felipe, or should I call you Ignacio? Can you please explain to me all the information between you and Dita? Maybe that could help me put this Dita puzzle together so we could help her. No, it's because you want all the information you can get 
So then if it's pertinent, if it pops up, you are now somebody important. And that's why I didn't like Emily. For those two scenes, those are her motivations. And I don't want nobody like that around me. I don't know why you would have an Emily Hive for something like that. Like, come on. Come on. Uh, also, another one. We see Potter's frustrations for once. There's one thing to sneak past Potter when he doesn't see it coming. There's a whole other thing where Potter goes 1v1 with somebody mentally and he can't take it. So we see Potter versus Adelita. Adelita hard when she first gets to him. She's like, fuck you. Don't nobody touch me. I don't need your help. What do you want? What do you want? And, you know, with that type of attitude, Potter decided to size her up and go, okay, so the being nice to you approach, the what is she doing in the dog kennel approach? Let me let me infiltrate with being just a genuine person that knows how to speak fluent Spanish. Maybe I'll impress you with my Spanish and maybe my niceness will drop your guard. And when he realizes that shit is quickly lost upon Adelita, she could give a fuck less how much Spanish she knows and how nice he is preparing to be. Like, bro, get straight to it. She's a straight shooter. So once Potter realizes that, he's like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening. You're going to be in my custody, and I'm going to use your baby as leverage. So you can tell me what I want, have your child, have your life. Cool, I have that option to give to you. You can fuck about and not see your baby ever again and still be imprisoned. So, and your baby will grow up wherever I say he'll grow up. In whatever condition I say he'll be in. And I'm betting on that fiery mother spirit, that unbreakable love between a child and his mother, that you're going to come to my side with it. And he's able to do that because he has that leverage and he feels successful in that. He revels that he was able to break Adelita because she went from a pit bull face. Nobody touched me. You know what I'm saying? She went from that to soft eyes and, you know, tail tucked. So that's a W for Potter. And we're used to seeing that. That's Potter's superpower. The mental game. Thus, when they when he meets Miguel, because he don't know what's going on. This whole transporter, he doesn't know who's on his side. He thinks Miguel may be up to something. It's funny. Why is Miguel helping us? That is not his problem. Why is he even involved in this? Sure, we took him to see the mayor. I, okay, he found us out Alita, maybe, but I don't know. I don't trust it. So now he wants to get a bead on Miguel. And because he doesn't really know what's happening, he set up decoys and plans to transport Adelita because Adelita got a lot of friends who would like to see her saved. And he's trying to figure out if Miguel's one of them. So he presses him outside the shop, start talking about he's dating a new chick and, you know, all these analogies. But when the, what he was really asking him is, you know, relationships between them two, their relationship. In that conversation, Miguel was the new girlfriend. I don't know if a lot of y'all picked up on it. Of course you did. You're smart. And Miguel's responses were so on the on the spot, same genuine. You know what? Instead of doing all these hyperbolic gift-givens that don't mean shit, how about you just let the person truly know how you feel about them, and you could build something real from there, which meant to Potter, cut the shit, Treat me with some respect. Let me know what's up. How do you feel? Do you feel uneasy? How can we make you more at ease? So proper response by Miguel. Well played. And then Potter drops the whole girlfriend act and just goes and says, 
hey, I like how things are going between us. Now, I felt like I couldn't trust you at first, but now I feel like we're a little LinkedIn. It started off rocky, but I think we're one now. How about you? And then McGill's response was perfect. He goes and says, I hope that's true. Almost so that I'm in. But this conversation is making me feel uneasy about our relationship. I thought we were good prior to this conversation. So I'm hoping, yes, I hope that's true. I hope we are tighter. I hope we are good. I'm moving to the beat of your drum. Okay? As a different strokes uh, episode ago. Like you set the pace, brother. I'm here for the ride. I'm not going down like my father. So, you know, there's that. And then uh, you see Potter's face of, damn, that was sharp. I don't know if he's full of shit. And I don't know if he's on point, if he's just really in and doesn't want any smoke. It'd be beneficial for him to be my on my side. And it sounds like he is. But I don't know. So when he leaves, Miguel ends that conversation, and tells him, good luck with that girlfriend. That was a nice little jab. He leaves. And then Potter is sitting there, and then that's when we see Potter break. He instantly goes from smiley face Potter, that face of certainty, and I'm better than you, to sweating on a satellite phone. Like, I don't fucking know. I was talking to Miguel. I don't like not being able to read people. Panic. Uh, Go to uh, DEFCON 3. Let's switch up the plan. Are you sure? Yeah, I don't like not reading people. It fucking, ah. So we saw him unravel. So that is Potter's weakness. If he can't read you, if you're too complicated for him, he'll fucking spare. He'll fucking freak out. Now I heard that word is problematic. I doubt it's problematic here, but I don't even want to smoke. I'm creative enough not to use it. So, you know, freak out, we'll say. He freaks out. And so now we see Potter. He ha- he's a he's a sociopath and a narcissist. He has to control everything. He has to be the lead in the dance. He has to be the one on stage. And the second he's not, he's useless. And he knows it because he's filled with insecurities. Apparently, he's a bedwetter. He's tall and weighs 14 pounds. And he's not very attractive. And he has yet to find a hairstyle that worked in the many years. Okay. So Potter, is the, the, he's up against it. He has one superpower, and that's the mental game. And if you take that from him, he resorts back to a brat. So I thought that was great. And that was probably my favorite scene of this episode. As far as Easy and Angel go, there's just a lot of brotherly bonding. You know, I like the scene between Easy and Bishop. Uh, I'm not Easy and Bishop, my, my bad. Bishop and Angel. Angel's like, fuck that, I'm on this mission. And what I liked about it was Angel was knowing he was doing the wrong thing. <laughs> he threw all the papers off the desk, right? If you go back to that scene, it's a point where he almost goes, eh, 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 fuck you too. Like, oh, like, okay, I'm in now. Like, this is the wrong thing to do, but I don't know what to do. So I'm finna just freak out on the bishop right now. And he start calling him out in front of everybody. And yeah, and if you want to stop me, you're just gonna have to shoot me in the back because fuck this. Oh, all my chips are in. I don't give a shit no more. Right? You can feel the hesitance like, ah, I don't want to do this, but this is my last resort, and I'm here now. The words came out of my mouth. I cannot take them back. So it is what it is. Bishop, like an OG, takes him to the side like, you're my man. 
Me, if you got a problem with me, we need to figure this right now. Because if you ever disrespect me, the respect that I earned, I like that part. The respect that I built and earned, I will cut you into pieces, bury you, and piss on it. I said, I like that, Bishop. Angel's like, oh, okay, okay. Takes a swing, and Bishop, and Angel got Bishop by about eight inches, look like. Took a big-ass swing and ended up on his back, and Bishop was ready to fuck him up. Choking this motherfucker out. I was like, okay, Bishop's old dude. He's not the hey, hand to hand combat, baby. Don't fuck with him. We seen him in the hotel room, that hotel room brawl. Bishop got hands. He's down there choking him out. Then that's when Angel reveals to everybody, Oddly, this is my baby mama. God damn it. And then the club surrounds him like, oh shit. All right, understood. And they went back to brotherly love. And even Bishop gave him a pass, like, yeah, I would probably be on the same shit. And. You know, so now that cat's out the bag and probably I still would have sat Angel out this mission because anybody that emotional over their child is only going to fuck it up. But anyway, uh, Potter and them and the Mercs play a game of, uh, what's that game where you put one ball in and you start switching the cups around? I don't know. What's that shit called? Is it some roulette? No? I don't know. Y'all know. But they play that with pregnant women right um and the mission is to just go get alita so y'all seen that that was the action part part of it they finally discovered which one was her easy superpower came into play that blue station wagon yeah and that's a superpower i wish we never left from because it's always cool to see because you never know it, it, it would almost been dope because you don't know when it, he's going to need. He's never know when he's going to use it, right? It's like the scenes happen, things happen, and then when something's fucked up and it's like, oh, easy. Uh, I wish we knew something, something, something. And then easy goes, Zoop, like, uh, that's so raven. He fucking goes, boom. And then he's like, yeah, I know exactly who it is. And it's like, holy shit, let's go do it then. So it'd be the random shit that easy notices. I, I just like the randomness of it. I think that's cool. Anytime you put something random in the episode and you don't see it happening, it's always going to smack harder. And it's an easy out for shit. <clears throat> that was something I think they should have kept just for the writing portion because, <clears throat> excuse me, if you run into something that, like, you know, when you're writing something out and you feel like you hit to a block, it's nice to have a crutch. Like, shit, how do we get out this scene? Or, fuck, we went this direction. How do we, how do we switch it? Oh, I got it. Let's just have easy go zoop. Oh, I remember this from back in da da da. And then we could write it in like that. I thought that was a great crutch to to maybe lean on a need. And it'd have been cool. And it would have worked. But you know, what what are you gonna do? But yeah, uh, so at the end of the mission, they end up killing a Merc and a federal agent. Headshots on the road. Very impressive. Very impressive. They got Adelita out. And lo and behold, Alita's like, no, I got to stay. Because as long as they got me, they won't be looking for the mayor. And she is the truth. She is what we need. And we need them to stay out of Galindo's business because he is going to be the one that supports her and really helps to change Mexico. So, hey, if I got to be the martyr, fuck it. Me and, my, me and my unborn child. It is what it is. Because the Viva La Mexico, goddammit. We need we need the win. We need this democracy. So I respected Alita. 
for that. But at the same time, if we could be honest here, bitch, if you don't get in this car, ain't no way we didn't risk our freedom and, and, and did all this planning, got all these guns. We put in too many resources to actually get you. And then you want to be on some uh, the St. Teresa shit. Like, no. Sorry. Yeah, I respect that. Uh-huh. Well, I guess he's just going to keep looking for you then. Because that's what I didn't understand. She's like, he's like, oh, uh, if I'm free, then they're going to be looking at Galindo and the mayor even more. And I start thinking, on paper, that sounds like noble. But Ma, in reality, if we were, success- if we were to successfully kidnap you right now, I mean, we'll take you back. Like we got you. All of Potter's resources would be to getting your ass again. He would not be looking at the mayor. It would almost be better if she just went with them because Potter don't take ales well. So that kind of didn't make no sense. That's why I couldn't give it a 10 out of 10. Because it, it, the Potter finally got you and he's got the plan. Now you're gone again. But now he knows. He knows for sure you're the one behind the shit. Because everybody's willing to kill whoever to get you back. Potter's about to now use everything in his power to focus on you and getting your ass back. So it would have, I don't know. I think by her turning herself back in, she put more attention on Miguel and the mayor. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, there's one thing else I want to relate. Uh, the, the admiration that Miguel had for Adelita also uh, made more sense why he wanted to be at that convent in season four where he was growing out the beard and he befriended uh, the little kid and he was building walls and pennants and shit. He wanted, he wants that. It, you still see that, that Miguel exists that wants to be loved Miguel. And I think that's probably going to be his downfall. I mean, look at what, look at the situation with Emily. So, Yeah. But anyway, man, that was uh, Mayans Monday, and you're going to probably get a twofer today, so look for something later tonight. Um, yeah, a second video coming today. But salute to the Discord gang, uh, all those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know what it is. I, 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 those of you vi- uh, watching right now on YouTube, I'd r- just like it. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like the shit. You like it. You laugh. Like it. If you went, oh, that's interesting. Really? I really like that. Then hit the like button. If you went, oh, oh, oh. Like it. I don't understand. I did my job. I did I not do I did my job. Nino, did I do my job? I did my job. Alright, man. Protect your health, yourself, your wealth. Your boy Rail is out of here, man. Peace.